who's got internet that's never lagging? Whose groceries do their own bagging? Who's got hair worth extra bragging? With pants that aren't too sagging? They only put up with a little nagging. Who's hotter than a fire-breathing dragon? Jack Wagon. Back with another episode for you guys. we got a lot planned out for this show. Um, but starting off, um, I hope everybody out there had a better weekend than the University of Texas uh, fans. Um, their football team embarrassingly lost to Kansas. I don't know how you even do that anymore. Um, and then their basketball team loses to Gonzaga on the road. Um, so overall, just a, a rough, rough weekend for that school. Yeah, so their football team goes to overtime Saturday night at home against Texas. Um, there's videos out there. They had recruits visiting this weekend, and the recruits are in the stands like laughing at the fact that they just lost to Kansas. Um, so I don't think they're going to get those recruits anymore. <laughs> yeah, you might um, as well just take them off the mailing list. Yeah, um, which it, in so many ways that, that university has just been embarrassed the past few years. Um, last year, I think, I think the coach they had last year, uh, Tom Herman, was on the right track. Um, he took him to the Sugar Bowl a few years before. Um, he had kind of fallen off, with, or the program had kind of fallen off. But they weren't as bad as they were this year. Um, they, they just had some growing pains they were working through last year. Um, but halfway through the season, the athletic director comes out and says, hey, you know, Tom is our guy. We're giving him our support. And then right after the season's over, they fire him, uh, which was kind of a shocking to a lot of people. Um, and then for some reason, they decided Steve Sarkeesian was the best guy to come in and replace him. And I, I understand that there's a certain air around former Nick Saban um, assistants. But at the same time, you need to look at what they did when they were, you know, head coaches. Lane Kiffin didn't have terrible tenures where he was before. Um, you know, he wasn't great in the NFL. He was okay at Tennessee, and then he had a rough patch at USC, you know, shows up to Nick Saban. And then he went to a smaller school first, you know, to get back on his feet as a head coach, showed he was good. Ole Miss hires him. He's done really good things there the past two years. Um, Steve Sarkeesian was a terrible coach before uh, he got to Nick Saban. He was only there for a few years. Uh, and then for some reason, Texas thinks he's the best things in sliced bread, and he's showing you exactly why. Um, but Texas has always been an example to me of why you don't let boosters mess with football decisions. I understand that's a lot of money on the line, and you need that money for your program. Um, but a lot of time, they're meddling in, in affairs like hiring coaches and just certain things like that never ends well. And I think Texas has been the perfect example of why you need to separate the boosters and them giving you money from, okay, who do we actually believe is the best head coach for our program and to lead us, not just, oh, hey, Nick Saban has this guy, go get him, when he has proven almost nothing to you. Yeah, and the crazy part about it is, yeah, and the crazy part about it is, you know, there's a lot of head coaches, especially in college, that get kicked out early. Um, there's some that stay a little longer than they should. Uh, you know, it's the landscape of college nowadays. Um, some coaches have, understandings with their organizations you know they have a so many year plan and whatnot some coaches just go in with a chance and hope they make the best of it um and you know a situation like this uh, i don't we've talked about this before i don't wish you know bad luck on any teams um all those players and 
any league out there that we're going to be talking about are more skilled athletically than me. Uh, the coaches know more about the game than I do. You know, I'm never going to take anything away from them. Um, but as you stated, you have good coaches, you have bad coaches. Um, and when you have a coach like Saban, you got coaches that come out of there. Um, and quite honestly, sometimes the outcomes aren't always as good as the teachers. Um, yeah. And vice versa, for that matter. As a, as a Washington football fan, the coaches that have come out from our coaching tree to be better head coaches than the head coaches they were coaching with, you know, it, it happens. Yeah, and I, oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just going to say, I completely agree with you. Um, I think the issue with Sarkeesian is, like I said, Kiffin was there for a few years. Uh, you know, he he got his act back together. He was offense coordinator for I believe two years. He had been a, like another assistant before that, uh, but he goes off to a small time school to like prove his worth, really. And th- a lot of the assistants that have come out of Nick Saban and done really well have been coaches that have either a been there for a long time or were there for more than just a year, or at least as that active like uh, role coach. Like Sarkeesian had been there for a few years as like an. Uh, figure with the phrase they used um but basically as like a consultant to the team yeah um and then he offensive coordinator for a year takes him to the national championship and everybody's like all right you're hired and it's like okay you need to let him sit in Saban system for a little bit more you know can he do that consistently with a few alabama teams or can he go to a smaller school like a florida atlantic or you know a coastal carolina something like that like a small time not a power five school where the pressure is not as much on him and let him get his feet back under him as a head coach and then be like, okay, we want you to come in here to Texas or we want you to come in here to Florida, whatever, and lead our team. Um, I think I'm I, like you said, I'm not trying to speak ill of Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, he is a great coach um, in a lot of aspects. I just feel like he was put in a rush situation because of, you know, boosters and poor athletic management or athletic department management. Um, but that has um, just been the tip of the iceberg for the college coaching carousel. Um, over the weekend, um, Jimmy Lake, which, you know, good riddance to you, was fired by Washington. <laughs> um, Justin Fuente gets fired from Virginia Tech. And it has just added to the, the upcoming, you know, coaching debates about who's going to leave, who's going to stay. Now, you and I, we're going to get to the Michigan Penn State game here in just a minute. You and I have talked about it before. About, I know where this is going. About this might be James Franklin's last year. Um, you made great points that you know he he does deserve another year. Why don't you go ahead and you speak to that real quick before I make my points? Or I I feel like reinforced over the weekend that it might be time for him to move on. Yeah, and and don't get me wrong. I there is a part of me that believes that he could move on. There is a part of me that believes that he will move on. Um, if I were him, I I'd stay my ass right where I am in Happy Valley. Um, I mean, not just because I'm a Penn State fan. Like, uh, you know, you could sit here and say, well, of course he's going to say that he's biased. But uh, quite honestly, he's got all the right reasons to stay. Um, they're paying him handsomely. Uh, some might say more handsomely than he might deserve, considering, you know, it, and he doesn't have a bad resume at all. We've had a lot of good seasons under him. And if you think about where we were when he took over, he's brought this program a long way. Um, but he's getting paid handsomely and he's got a good team. Uh, quite honestly, you, you know, you're looking at 
one of the other teams that they're talking about him going to is USC. Um, USC, I don't know anybody personally that would argue with me when I say that UNC or USC, I'm sorry, uh, has had worse seasons, has had a worse stretch of the last couple of years. Basically, within James Franklin's tenure in Penn State, they've been a lot better of a team than USC has. He's got the team right in front of him, and it's only about to get better. He's got the number one recruiting class coming up next year. And if I'm him, I want to use that. You know, I, I, I'd hate being a head coach, especially somewhere like Penn State, where he basically started, you know, from nothing. Um, we had those sanctions a couple years back that just completely altered the history of Penn State entirely. Um, and he took it from the ground and, you know, he made us. We haven't been in a college football playoff yet. But we've been in the talks. Uh, we've been in, you know, we've been in games. He's got to win against Ohio State. I understand that, you know, you want your coach to be the best of the best. You want to be undefeated every season, getting in the college playoffs and maybe losing to a Georgia or Bama. Um, but from where we were, what would that have been? 2012, if I remember correctly? 2011, somewhere around there that those sanctions happened? Yeah. So you got the summer of 2012 uh, where we're basically as a university stripped um, wins, scholarships, talent, just stripped. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you would have told me that nine years later, we would have been, I, well, even if you don't go nine years later, if you look at the, the Trace McSorley and Saquon Barkley years, you know, I don't think anybody imagined that Penn State would be there in that short amount of time. Right. And, you know, here we are. I've said this before to you, and I will continue to say it. If Sean Clifford doesn't get injured against Iowa, I have a strong belief that we're undefeated going into Ohio State and possibly even still to this day, um, which I, I had forgotten about earlier. I forget exactly where we were talking about. We were talking about oh, Texas being on a losing streak. Um, and watching this Penn State team last year, it made me think of sometimes, you know, when you lose a game, whether it's your fault or not that you lost, um, it's hard to come back from. And sometimes it just keeps spiraling downhill. Uh, Indiana did it to us last year. Uh, and I think the injury to Sean Clifford was our undoing this year. Uh, we had a great team. That defense is great. We're going to lose some pieces. But like I said, he's got the number one recruiting class right there in his pocket. Um, you know, ready to step up. We got good young talent still on the team next year. And I, again, I, I don't know James Franklin. He could do anything. Um, and he's going to do whatever he wants, whatever he feels is necessary. But if I'm him, I'm keeping my happy ass in Happy Valley. I, I, I agree with you. I don't think if he gets the choice, he's going to leave. I think if, you know, if it's up to him, um, he's going to stay. Yeah, that's that's a great point too. Because he has done a great job there. Um, he is, like you said, he's built that program back up. You know, Bill O'Brien got it started. He got them through the first couple years, um, and then James Franklin comes in, and he has taken that program to the next level. Um, he is a great head coach in a lot of aspects, recruiting being one of them. I believe he is probably one of the best recruiters in the country. Yeah, and actually, um, before we get too far back to the um, our previous conversation about the Texas coach, uh, I forgot that I had wanted to say. Um, that when you're watching Nick Saban, you know, a lot of people might focus on what he does on the field as a coach. 
but recruiting is a huge factor in college nowadays and not just recruiting um freshmen incoming freshmen mm-hmm. but transfer portals uh like you look at like our penn state team this year uh, we got the guy from uh temple i'm not going to attempt to pronounce his name because i don't know how to say it but you know and he's balled out for us and and all kind of transfers um you know so the recruiting aspects is definitely huge um like i said i just wanted to to say that since i remember oh yeah no and, and, and you're right recruiting recruiting is half the battle in the ncaa anymore for um, sure. if, if you want any shot at winning you need to be up there in recruiting and i would honestly say james franklin and Mario Cristobal are the two coaches outside the SEC that can recruit like no other. Um, I think SEC coaches have an advantage because of where they play. You know, hey, we got warm weather pretty much year round. We have the best football that you're going to get in in college football. Um, but Mario Cristobal and James Franklin have both done great jobs of getting five star recruits to be like, hey, you know, look at us. We can put you, you know, in some of the best situations. And then when we get you and other guys like you to come to us. Hey, we can go out there. We can compete with Georgia. We can we compete with Alabama, LSU, Tennessee. You know those those big teams out in the SEC, and they have done a great job of doing that. Um, I just think James Franklin's situational awareness, I would call it, is probably is what holds him back the most. Um, you know, they for go for a sure. fake field goal early in the game against Michigan on Saturday. Um, you think back to a couple years ago, they have Ohio State on the ropes, um, and they decide to run a, a read option on a fourth and like three. Um, so I, I think that's what hurts him the most. The, the reason I question him staying in Penn state is, and like I said, if he gets a choice, he's staying. Um, I just worry that, I mean, it, and it's a fan base, you know, you and I see a lot of fans on the internet, um, mm-hmm. especially on social media, um, just hating on him nonstop. And I, I worry that, I don't know how the uh, the athletic department feels, the, the directors, um, you know, whoever else, how they feel. And like we said about Texas, like how much influence do Penn State boosters have um, in, in that in that boardroom, basically? Um, oh, yeah. You know, sure. where is he sit in favor with them? I really hope he gets yeah. he gets another year. I think I, I hope for his sake that they sit down at the end of the season. They go, OK. You get one more year. You know you're getting this number one recruiting class in. You you've struggled the last two. You get one more year to turn it around. You know, hopefully, win us another Big Ten title. Hopefully, get us into the college football playoff, and then you know we'll reevaluate in the next year. Um, yeah, and even and even if college football playoff isn't in the cards, um, you know, because Ohio State's just going to be better next year. Um, obviously, well, I, I shouldn't say that they're necessarily going to be better next year, but you know it. They got some young talent, right? Um, but regardless, even if even if college football playoffs is out of the picture, um, I think next year Big Ten title it's Big Ten title or bust, um, or at, at the very least Big Ten title game. But it you know the way the divisions are set up, if we make the Big Ten title game, uh, I I don't imagine us losing. Um, yeah. Or I should say we shouldn't lose. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the Big Ten West has just—they—they've had Wisconsin, and that's the you know the, the back they've ridden the past few years. This year, they've had a a crazy year. Um, but yeah, the Big Ten West is is a whole other story. Um, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, no, I I agree. And, no, I, and and you do make a great point, and that was one thing that that you and I hadn't talked about yet. Um, 
and I, I hadn't really, I had thought about it, but I hadn't really put my two cents into it. Um, but from what I understand, um, now I'm, I'm no Penn State insider, I'm not in the locker rooms or anything, but right. from what I understand, um, and I don't mean to throw the name out there very loosely, but it gave me Jopa vibes as far as, hey, look, we respect you here mm-hmm. from the way it sounds. You respect us here. You know, you do, you're bringing talent here. Um, and at the very least, I believe that the organization um, wants to give him a chance and not just, not just a, you know, a, a hot seat year chance either. Um, right. Like I said, it, it gives warm, fuzzy feelings. So I, I don't think he's going anywhere, but we all know how college football is. You could think somebody's, you know, you could think a star player's coming back and they're in the transfer portal, transfer portal before the bowl games are done. Like, <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. I mean, we've had guys already entering the transfer portal in the middle of the season. Um, but yeah, I, I, like I said, I hope he gets another year to at least prove that, hey, you know, maybe I'm not so bad at this, um, especially with what he can do with top tier talent coming in. I think it would be yeah, easy and, for him and, to say, you know, I'm packing up, I'm going to Florida, or I'm going to go to USC, um, just because, and I don't know where they rank right now in, in those two teams, respectively, rank in recruiting classes, but if you're going to walk away from one of the top five recruiting classes... You better and, be walking into another one. Yeah, and especially at this point, and in, in when the season's over, where you're going to be, um, you're already going to be behind the eight ball trying to get a good recruiting class for the upcoming season, because. Yeah. By that time, early uh, signing day has already been done, and whoever hasn't signed yet already has their mind made up. So it, it's going to be very hard if he decides to leave to do anything next year. Yeah, um, and and one of the options was LSU, and I don't know exactly where they sit either. Um, obviously, that'd probably be the better option out of the you know the three that were named. But mm-hmm. even still, like I said, uh, you got LSU this year. Um, you know they're they're having an off year, uh, and Quite honestly, I mean, you last year you could call it was an off year for Penn State. Um, it was a pandemic year; everything was wild. I'm surprised that some teams looked as good as they did. It was just it was a crazy year. Um, right. I wanted college football last year, but I afterwards I don't know if I actually did. <laughs> yeah, I oh, I agree. Um, but I mean, and that, that was I think it was a big thing for a lot of teams last year. It was it was you know no practice, no you know preseason. Uh, preparation really and then hey games are starting next week and it was just hard for any team to get going except for you know the big teams like alabama georgia you know teams like that and god Um, forbid anybody changed coordinators or anything oh absolutely um and that's why like michigan state they got a new head coach last year um they looked terrible and then you know this year they hit the transfer portal they got a lot of big names um you know they got a full year of practice under them and now they're one of the best teams in the country um, you know, a big game for them this weekend at Ohio State. Um, but anyway, so it'll be interesting to see how Penn State handles this the rest of or after the season. I would I should say they they've always been one of the better teams to be like, okay, we're gonna leave off season problems to the off season. Um, you know, this is James Franklin team at least for the rest of this year. Um, I don't know how hot that seat is up in Happy Valley. Um, but that I don't have an exact answer yeah. on either. <laughs> so, but it'll be interesting to watch that. Um, you know, we have openings at USC, LSU, uh, Virginia Tech, uh, and possibly Florida now. Florida really struggled this year um, after, you know, really high expectations. So 
But now we're going to move into our college football week review. We're going to go over the six games that we picked on Friday's episode. Uh, started off with Michigan, Penn State. Um, it was a close score game, but play-wise, I don't think it was that close. I, re- I really feel like Michigan had a good handle on the game most of the day. Yeah, this was this was a very ugly game for us. Um, and if you look at the stats, it wasn't even necessarily like ugly like you would think it was ugly. But right. as a fan and watching and knowing you know, what we have, it was, it was ugly. Um, and as far as, since we're on the topic of Penn State coaches being on the hot seat, um, you know, Mike Yurchik has done a very good job. Uh, and I think that with the talent that we have and the players that we have, I think he is a great fit for us. Um, but, I don't know if it's him or Franklin, but when it's the fourth quarter and we need big plays um, for as much love and respect as I have for Cam Sullivan Brown, he should not be the one we're lobbing the ball to 25 down, yards down the field. It it didn't make any sense to me. Um, yeah, that was a huge point in the game where we still had a chance and you throw two passes in a row to him down the field. It just weird um yeah obviously like i had stated previously uh, these coaches know more about the game than i do so by all means but i i just i don't understand it yeah i, I agree with you um moving on we had oklahoma at baylor um I, I i called this upset i know you didn't believe me at all um but oklahoma just could not get anything going uh, it seemed like all day um and baylor you know gets the big upset at home oklahoma falls from the ranks of the unbeaten the Big 12 shot of, of going to the college football playoff is over, I believe. Um, and now we only have three teams left undefeated in all of college football. Um, but what do you think about that game? Um, I, to be honest with you, it was one of those games where, because I didn't believe you. I distinctly remember myself not believing you. Um, but I woke up Saturday morning, and uh, as I was looking for the Penn State game, when that time came around, I had seen the Baylor and Oklahoma game pop up. And I don't know why, but at that moment, I knew. I was like, Oklahoma's about to lose this. Like, I didn't, I didn't see the score, nothing. Yeah. I just looked. And um, I believe I had checked back in on it, and I want to say that it was, was that the game that was 7-7 seven, seven and a half? Uh, One of the games we were watching yeah. was 7-7 seven, seven and a half, I believe. Um, yeah, okay, so yeah, it was that game. And I looked back, and I was like, First of all, it wasn't the kind of game that I thought was going to go on um, just by looking at the score. But uh, as the Penn State game winded down, um, I had actually brought this game, the end of this game, up on my phone. And, I mean, you called it. Uh, Baylor was pissed. And they made sure that everybody in college football knew it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so a, a big win there for Baylor. Um Moving on, we had Georgia at Tennessee. Tennessee actually had the lead at one point in the first quarter. I seen um, that. <laughs> I, I, think I, I, think, a... I think we called, uh, or at least we called it close. I don't know if we called yeah, it. Yeah, I, 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 I said, I predicted that the first half would be really close. Um, it, it just seems like the last few weeks, Georgia has struggled to get going in the first half. Um, and that, that's what happened here. You know, Tennessee has an early lead. Um, and I, I think they just kind of, you know, got caught up in the moment and we're like oh oh, oh god we're, we're being the number one team what do we do and then 
Georgia, you know, gets into the rhythm out of nowhere and they, they just ran away with it at the end of the day. Um, but hopefully if, if Georgia wants their, their chance to, you know, avenge their national championship loss a few years ago um, to Alabama and they want to make that title run, they need to get that fixed. They cannot let teams hang around in the first half or, you know, go up on them because if you do that against a team like Alabama, or I would even say Ohio State, um, they're they're going to take that first half and run with it. And we saw over the weekend, we're going to get to it here in a minute, in the Purdue-Ohio State game. Those teams know how to put the foot in the throttle and not take it off. So you need to yeah. be consistent for 60 minutes. Otherwise, teams like that are going to make you pay for a sloppy first half. Oh, yeah. And it, it's crazy. Um you know, because you have teams like this, uh, like think about Ohio State. There's a difference in good teams between coming out slow and ha- having a bad game or having a bad quarter. And it's insane the way these top teams um, and the top coaches, the Nick Savings, the Ryan Days, who are, you know, uh, whoever you want to name in the top coaches, they know. And if you're if you're having a bad game. It, it's it's harder for them, but if they know you're coming out slow, you know you're just you're not ready to be playing yet. They have a way, whether it's you know Stroud throwing a deep ball or any other, you know, just any team, whatever their thing would be, um, and they will go to it. And nine times out of ten, it will hit. And next thing you know, you're going uh oh. And with a Georgia team that's very stout, very talented, but not one of the flashier teams right. you cannot get behind two scores i don't care how good your defense is you cannot yeah. get behind two scores to an alabama or an ohio state or anybody with a top offense right 100 percent um but so speaking of ohio state for i for what i really want to say the first time this season against a quality opponent they looked so freaking good now i hate to say it i agree i, I hate, I, I hate ohio state but they looked so freaking good. They they were just clicking nonstop. It's, I mean, the second half, I feel like they, they kind of slowed down a little bit. Um, not necessarily fell off. I, th- I think Purdue made some great adjustments in the second half, uh, at least defensively. Offensively, they just they couldn't get it going at all. Um, Ohio State's defense was on the ball all night. Um, but that first half especially, Ohio State looked so good. Um, and honestly, uh, the rankings are coming out right now. As soon as they're published, we're going to run that top 10 for you guys. Um, but I think, and I hate to say this, I think they jump Oregon this week um, and they go up to number three just because Oregon has looked, uh, uh, struggled the past few weeks. Um, and I think Ohio State's performance this past week was might be enough in the committee's eyes to be like, okay, I think they're playing a little bit better than Oregon. Let's move them up one. Um, now, Oregon didn't, you know, they won. They won by two scores. It was a junk time touchdown. Um, literally four seconds left. Washington State scored. Um, so they definitely had a better quality win, especially against the Washington State team that a lot of people have been high on lately. This coming week is their big test. Um, they're at Utah, uh, a top 25 matchup. Uh, obviously, Ohio State has a top 10 matchup. Um, so it'll be a, a really another great weekend of college football ahead. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. But moving on, probably the game of the week on a lot of people's calendars, uh, Texas A&M at Ole Miss. Ole Miss gets a big win at home. Again, I called it. I said it. Um, Ole Miss just plays so much better at home. 
and they were able to, to take it. To, really, they took it to Texas A&M all night. Um, you know, I turned that game on. I got back late from the Coastal Carolina game, turned that game on, and Ole Miss was just thumping Texas A&M. Yo, I want to say it was like, I, I don't think I wrote it down, but I want to say it was like 31-10 the first time I looked at the score, and I was like, mm-hmm. well, definitely. Uh, I had watched some some film from that. Uh, it, to be 100% honest with you, Texas A&M didn't, Obviously, judging by the score that I just said, uh, their defense didn't step up the way they, that I thought they were going to. Uh, like mm-hmm. you said, Ole Miss at home, um, they're always going to play great. And I thought that Texas A&M, you know, had – Texas A&M is always one of those teams, whether they're rated or unrated or whatever, when they play big teams, they play big games um, and just didn't come through on, on Saturday. Yeah, uh, and very poor timing for them. Like we talked about on Friday, they were, you know, probably an outside shot, but they were looking at possibly getting into the SEC championship game if Alabama lost another game. Um, that that is gone. Um, this is Alabama's division to lose now. Um, but so yeah, big win for Ole Miss and, and Lane Kiffin. Um, moving on, our last college game we covered on Friday, uh, NC State at Wake, a very good back and forth game. Um, you know. Some defense, but uh, the, the offenses were really on show Saturday night. Uh, Wake Forest squeaks out the win against NC State at home. Yeah, and sorry, I was taking a sip of water. <laughs> I realized that my voice sounded weird. Um, but no, this was a game. I didn't get to watch any of this game, uh, but I was keeping track of the score as it was happening. Um, and I remember it's like watching your FanDuel lineup. Mm-hmm. like. I was like, I felt good. I felt like I knew what I was doing. And then I look at the score again, and I was like, damn, I'm about to be wrong again. I'm not about to hit any of these. Because um, at this point, I had forgot about Georgia. Uh, I was like, I was like I'm, I'm garbage. I was doubting myself every time I seen Wake was losing. And then finally, they ended up pulling it out. Made me feel a little good about myself. Um, not a whole lot. I, I'm going to feel like an idiot for the rest of the season predicting college games, but it is what it is. Yeah, so over the weekend, uh the six college games we picked, I went six and oh. Nick yeah, did. uh <laughs> yeah, two and two of four. Two. Um but it's okay. I th- there's always next week. Uh moving over to the NFL side of things. Uh yeah, how did that go? Yeah, not 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 great. <laughs> now I know how you feel with college. Um <laughs> but Falcons Cowboys, uh we were both high on the Falcons. Um we really thought that apparently way 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 too <laughs> yeah, high. We really thought that their offense had you know started to figure something out there. Um, whatever that was, they started to figure out. They either Boy, forgot man. or Dallas figured it out too and just snuffed it out because they could not for the life of them get anything going at all on Sunday. No, and and it was the exact opposite on the other side of the field. And from what I understand, there was actually some chirping going on in the Dallas locker room that I guess Atlanta had attempted to use the same defensive scheme as the Broncos. And I, I want to say that this was out of Dak's mouth, um, but it was something along the lines of, we just had a bad game. If they think that that scheme is going to work, I feel bad for them. Or something along those lines. I, I've seen a tweet about it. Um, mm-hmm. Which, uh, yeah, I mean the Atlanta Falcons and everybody else in the world, you know, like I, I thought, I thought Denver came out and put on a show and I knew that Dak wasn't looking a hundred percent. Um, you know, he was questionable, 
uh, I believe till late in the week. He might have been a little earlier. Um, but I know that he was fighting that injury. Um, and when it comes to this game, like you said, Atlanta just couldn't get anything going. Um, and that was a team that honestly, like we said, was was on the rise. Kyle Pitts was starting to look like, you know, what everybody thought he was going to be. Uh, Gage had stepped up. Um, obviously, the whole Ridley situation isn't ideal. Um, but they started to look good, and Dallas just came out and said, nah. <laughs> um, yeah, so Dallas with a, a you know, a, a bunch needed win for them. They struggled the last uh, few weeks. You know, they had to win two weeks ago at Minnesota. Um, but getting Dak back, they really needed to find their groove again um, in order to, to keep ahead in the NFC East, and I think they've done that. Um, it should be an interesting team to watch the rest of the year now that they, they, they look like they found their, their mojo. Um, moving on, Saints at Titans. Um, really a game closer than we thought it was going to be. For sure, yeah. Uh, but the, the Titans walk out of there with a win. Um, your thoughts? Uh, first of all, I don't know what I was thinking. Um, and not that the Saints are a bad team, but the Titans always have a way of playing down to whoever they play or playing up for that matter. Right. Um, they definitely, uh, that coaching staff does a very good job at, at matchups and schemes and whatnot. Um, and sometimes they do too good of a job. Like I said, they'll be playing down to teams. Um, and like I said, uh, no disrespect to the saints. I think they're a good team. Um, but I did not see this one being close. Uh, and obviously not having Derrick Henry, um, hurts, uh, but, they didn't have a problem with them the week before. Uh, and the Saints team, honestly, that defense to me is a little overrated. Um, they're good, but I think they get a lot of extra hype that isn't necessarily deserved. Um, right. Again, good team, but I, I thought that this was going to be a little more lopsided. Yeah, I agree, um, especially with you know Trevor Simeon playing at QB. It was really proven that he's a very serviceable, back, serviceable backup for the Saints. Um, he's done a great job stepping in for them. Um, but moving on, we have the Vikings at the Chargers. Um, I was really high on the Chargers uh, going into this game, uh, and they let me down. Uh, Vikings walk out of there with a win. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, so uh, to be 100% honest with you, and I'm not trying to sound, sound cocky by any means because we all know how I did in the college games, um, but this game went exactly how I thought it was going to. Uh, you know, it was. I, I, I want you to remember last week I had stated that I'm high on the Chargers too. I think this is going to be a very great team um, for the next couple years. They still have a little bit of learning to do. Um, I think that next year Herbert's going to be an absolute baller, uh, be up there in the in the top tier conversation. Um, but this year, I knew this year is definitely a learning year for them, um, and I don't mean that necessarily in a bad way. Like my sophomore year in high school, we had a 0 and 10 learning year. That is not what I'm referring to. They're going to win some games. They're going to lose some games. Um, but they're going to learn a lot, uh, not only about themselves, uh, but about with that young team, with about the league and about other teams. And this is going to be a team to watch out for as far as the Vikings go. Uh, I watched Kirk Cousins for years. Um, as long as he's not playing in prime time, he's not a bad quarterback to have on your team by any means. Um, he kept he kept the game interesting, um, you know, stayed in the game, stayed ahead, uh, pulled out the W, um, and 
quite honestly, when it comes to Kirk Cousins, it's just about not throwing the game away. Um, sometimes he can throw three interceptions and his team can bring it around. And sometimes, you know, he could have a perfect game and still lose. Uh, but he kept it. He did enough to win, and that's all that mattered. Yeah, absolutely. Um, moving on, we had the Seahawks at the Packers, uh, and really just an ugly offensive game. Um, it took late until the second half for the Packers to, to get it going on offense there. Uh, Seahawks just couldn't get it going all night. A lot of people wondering if, you know, Russell was rushed back too soon. Um, I don't think he was. I, th- I think he, I think his, his injury is fine. I just think it was more so him just trying to get back into his groove. Um, and that offense as a whole has just been struggling lately. Um, so I think they were just all completely out of sync. Um, I don't think, you know, it was really him being rushed back too soon from injury. Um, but what do you think? Yeah, so I, I agree with you. I don't, I don't think he was rushed back. Um, when you have a quarterback, especially um, a quarterback like, like Russ, you know, he's going to need some time. Um, obviously, if this game's against, you know, say the Jets, it's a little different. Um, but you're going against Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay. And that's a Green Bay defense that, quite honestly, is getting better as the year goes on. They're starting to get some pieces back. That's going to be a very dangerous team come playoff time. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to the Seahawks, like you said, the offense has been struggling. Um, Russ came back. You know, he had to find his groove against the defense that's, you know, that's stout. And that's very hard to do. Um, but at the same time, you know, that. That offense has been struggling, I'll say, all year. Um, I'm going to say that very loosely because they have looked good at times. But the one thing they're missing is a solid run game. Um, you know, haven't been bad, but haven't been necessarily great either. Um, and if you look back, you know, when Russ first came in the league and he had Marshawn running for him, and, you know, when you got a good running game like that and a mobile quarterback like Wilson – you start putting in play action, bootlegs, let him make plays, um, let him be smart, let him, you know, let him control the game. He's a great quarterback, and if you put the game in his hands, then, you know, he's going to do what you want him to do, especially with the talent he has out at receiver. Um, but until they get that, that run game back, this could continue to be a trend uh, for Seattle. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, two more games in the NFL. Uh, Chiefs at the Raiders. I don't know what I saw in the Raiders that made me think that they could possibly win this game, or maybe it was just my disbelief in the Chiefs. Um, <laughs> this was all Chiefs all night. Um, Raiders just struggled. Uh, they, you know, they got a few lucky bounces here and there, but otherwise, it was it was all Kansas City. Yeah, and and this is a game. Um, this was the coming out party for the Chiefs. I think. Um, they they had struggled but shown signs of the team that you know everybody's used to seeing um that defense is a little shaky this year uh but you got a raiders team that quite honestly has Derek carr darren waller and josh jacobs um you know there's a few pieces in there that are that are good or that are decent um but quite honestly when you're tight end and you're running back or your biggest threat uh it's not hard even for bad defenses to pick up on that and to scheme something to stop it. Uh, and obviously, the Raiders' defense, um, 
is not good enough to stop Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense when they're rolling. Um, What I seen was uh, the dumb mistakes not being there. They played. Andy Reid was probably ecstatic. He was just, he probably ate a couple cheeseburgers on the way home, just happy because his team was finally looking like they were supposed to. Um, And I didn't count on that. I thought, I thought this struggle was going to continue to be a thing. I wasn't sure what the problem was, but I didn't think that they were going to figure it out, figure it out, especially against a Raiders team that, you know, hasn't been top tier this year, but has been right. winning games, has been looking better than what everybody thought they were going to, um, even with losing a couple pieces. So it was, it was a huge wake-up call for the NFL because the Chiefs are back. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Um, and then last game on Monday Night Football, we were both completely surprised by this. Uh, Rams visiting the 49ers. Uh, the, the 49ers just thoroughly thumped uh, the Rams all night. Yeah, and I, I, I'm not even sure what to say about this. Um, I had turned the game on for a couple minutes, and I had to, to refresh, and I was watching on my phone, and I had to refresh the browser because... I thought that I was watching Matt Stafford on the Lions. And, (laughs) I mean, it just, wow. Uh, That's all I can say. Uh, You know, I was very high on the Rams. Um, I I definitely thought that, I personally thought they were the team to beat in the NFC, especially with uh, Kyler Murray being out in Arizona. Uh, But apparently I was very wrong about that, and... I don't know. I don't know who the team to beat anymore is because I've watched Dallas have, you know, a bad game. When you think about teams to beat, you don't watch them having bad games. But I've seen Dallas have a bad game. I've seen <clears throat> Green Bay have a bad game. I've seen Tampa Bay. I mean, Tampa Bay. We'll just say they they lost to the better team, but you know, mm-hmm. whatever. You know, they had a bad team uh, right. or played a bad game. And uh, obviously, I've seen the Chiefs play a few bad games this year. Um, so when it comes to Honestly, any of the NFL, I, I couldn't tell you who's going to be the Super Bowl champ at the end of the year. It could be the Jets at this point for all I know. Honestly, if I had to make my pick right now, it'd probably be the Patriots. Uh, Bill Belichick's got that team roaring. Um, Mac yeah, Jones is looking like Tom really Brady 2.0. Yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, but uh, the one thing I can say is that it's made in, for an entertaining NFL season. And as a fan, that's all I can ask for. Oh, absolutely. Um yeah, so that wraps up the NFL review. Uh, I went two and four <laughs> over the weekend. Nick goes four and two. Um, but moving on, the top twenty-five rankings just came out. Um, one through five hold serve. All right, hold actually. on, hold on, hold on. I was to say I, I I didn't look them up yet, so that's fine. Uh, I'm interested so, to see. So one is is here. still Georgia, two Alabama, three Oregon, four Ohio State, five Cincinnati. Um, okay. Six. And seven are still Michigan and Michigan State. Um, Notre Dame moves up to eight with Oklahoma's loss. Oklahoma State moves up to nine. And into the top ten again is Wake Forest. Um, I really thought with Ole Miss beating Texas A&M last week, the committee would be really high on them and throw yet another SEC team up into the top ten. Obviously, um, they didn't do that. They moved Wake Forest back up into the top ten, which is is very good for them. They honestly deserve it. I feel like they didn't get a lot of love. Um, leading up to their loss at North Carolina. Um, so I enjoy seeing the committee still hold them in a little bit of favor. Um, what do you think about the top 10? 
Um, not a whole lot of movement, um, which kind of wasn't expected. Um, Wake Forest getting bumped into the top 10, uh, great for them. Uh, Ole Miss, I'm trying to think. Uh, obviously, they got the loss against Bama. Is that the only loss Ole Miss has? No. Um, they, okay, they I lost, was going to say, I, yeah, th- I thought they, they lost had a few other games. Okay, um, so I was, I was a little curious about that. I just wanted to make sure um, before I started talking like an idiot. But, no, good for Wake Forest. Um, Michigan, Michigan State, uh, two great teams. Um, I, to be honest, and honest with you, kind of like the NFL, um, it seems very more even this year around the league. Um, obviously, you've still got Georgia and Bama, but we've seen that they can be beaten. Um, Absolutely. Obviously, Bama has a loss. Georgia's been in a couple of games where if the first half was the end, they might have lost. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's it's very – I'm very intrigued to see where the end of this season goes. Um, you know, you could see that Cincinnati team, quite honestly, like they've struggled in some games um, that people thought they shouldn't have struggled against. Um, they've been, you know, kind of held back in some people's eyes. Uh, I, I'm, I hope that come playoff time, Cincinnati is in there because I want to see what the Cincinnati team does against, you know, any one of the teams that are up there. Now, obviously, I'd like to see Oregon still in it just because you're my boy, <laughs> and I'd rather see Cincinnati than Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, when it comes down to it, I'm not 100% sure unless, unless one of the top four teams loses, mm-hmm. I don't think Cincinnati will make it in. Yeah. Um- It'll be interesting. I mean, you got Michigan and whatnot. But. Yeah. Um, it'll be very interesting to see um, what happens after this weekend. If Michigan State is able to pull out a big win in Columbus, is the committee going to put them at number four, even though they just lost to Purdue two weeks ago and they dropped them out of the top five? Um, or excuse me, uh, they were sixth, I believe. Um, and they dropped them down to seventh. No, they were fifth. They were fifth. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if the committee looks at that win at Ohio State and puts them up in the number four spot, or if they take them up to number five, Cincinnati moves up into the top four. Um, and then, of course, a week after that, we have Ohio State at Michigan, which is just going to be another, um, I think, slobber knocker of a game. Uh, and then even if Ohio State wins out, let's say, um, and they lose in the Big Ten Championship, um, I think chaos is just... Whatever's going to happen in the next three weeks in the Big Ten is just going to bring nothing but absolute chaos. Yeah, the Big Ten's always interesting. Like, even if you have Ohio State running away with it, there's always something like Michigan, Michigan State, and Penn State will be battling it out for a three-way tie and trying to see who's the worst. Um, Yeah, it always gets crazy, but but this year's about to be about to be wild. Regardless, because you got two teams sitting right right behind Ohio State in the college football playoffs. You know that are right there that Ohio State's going to be playing. Um, Michigan State, big game against uh, Penn State coming up too. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I'm ready to call Penn State in that game yet. Uh, <laughs> I want to look at a little film. Um, but that's going to be that's going to be intriguing because the run defense is stout. Uh, now, obviously, we don't have P.J. Mustafer. That's going to that's gonna hurt us. But the Big Ten is going to get shaken up one way or another here in the next three weeks. Yeah. Um, so that wraps up the top 10 uh, review. Uh, real quick, just want to go over two college basketball games that were over the weekend, two big games anyway. Uh, we had Texas at Gonzaga, like I mentioned earlier. Um, Gonzaga just looked 
very good all night. Uh, and like I said in our in our season preview, they're gonna look good all regular season. I'm I'm just tired of giving them so much hope and faith when it comes to, to March. Um, but Gonzaga up twenty at half, um, end up winning eighty six seventy four. Um, really no doubt in that game at all that you know that they were gonna win. Um, and then Friday night we had Villanova visiting UCLA. Villanova was up much of the game. Neither team looked bad. Um, Villanova just started to struggle a little bit down the stretch, let UCLA back in the game. They sent it to overtime, and UCLA picks it up in overtime uh, with an 86-77 victory. Um, so I'm, I'm not hitting, as a Villanova fan, I'm definitely not hitting the panic button, especially considering that we took the number two team in the country overtime. Uh, and really, I, I think that's a game they should have won. But um, it'll be interesting to see how this, this roster develops throughout the rest of the season. But that wraps up our uh, week in review for sports. Um, and Nick, I have a question for you. Yeah. Has there ever been an athlete that you wanted to fight? That I wanted to fight? Yeah. Like, have, uh, you just like see an athlete on TV and you're like, you know what? I want to fight him. But not only do I want to fight him, I think I could kick his ass. Danica Patrick. Oh, yeah? Okay. Well, here yeah. we go. I want you to give me, <laughs> we're going to give each other our top five. So up first, number five. Number five. All right. So I did mine backwards here, but regardless, my number one is my number Everything five. Everything is anyway. backwards, Nick. Exactly. Got to be different. Okay. So like I said, I'm not taking that back. Danica Patrick is my number five. Okay. But why? You got you to tell me why. I'm working on it. All right. So listen, I want to make, make very well clear to everybody because I can, I can hear all the four listeners of this podcast saying you would pick a woman. Okay, my other four are men. I just want to point that out there. And second of all, she has wasted so much of my time with yellow flags that, like, I, I will never get that time back. I will never. And I, and I can't think off the top of my head of a driver that has consistently wasted my time like she has. And I just, first of all, it's Danny Kirkpatrick. Like, I could probably beat Aaron Rodgers up, too, if he tried to defend her. I don't even know if they're still together no, anymore. No, they, broke up. <laughs> they, okay. are not, they are not together anymore. All right. Well, I mean, I'll still beat Aaron Rodgers up anyway. He's not on my list, but if he wants some, he can get some. But Danica Patrick, number five. All right. My number five, I have Scottie Pippen. Um, growing up as a kid, when, you know, we idolized those Bulls teams. Um, and, you know, I loved watching tape of Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman. And just how they worked together as a team. And last year, uh, middle of the pandemic, the last dance comes out. Um, and Scotty comes out and says he felt slighted. And I mean, I, I kind of understood where he was coming from. But at the same time, I'm like, these are all things that you did. Like, it's, it, it, it's nobody's putting a spin on it that, you know, you weren't being a piece of shit. Like, you yeah. were straight up <laughs> acting like a piece of shit. And they called yeah, you I mean, out on it. Be a piece of shit, you're going to get called yeah. out. Well, you know, it's it's been over a year now and he's still just, you know, trying to tear Michael Jordan a new one every time. And you know, he's he came out and we're, we're we one day we will get into the to the um greatest of all time debate, but he's like Ooh, LeBron's the greatest because, you know, he he passes the ball around. You know, he he was, you know, a more giving teammate than Michael Jordan was. <laughs> and I thought I honestly got that that was the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Um but hey, whatever. Um yeah. But I, I just think he's become so whiny the past few years over nothing. 
and he's acting like he should be the greatest of all time, and I, I can't disagree with that more. But um, yeah, you know, that's up to him. Yeah. Uh, Number four. Number four. Though it's not the QB I named earlier, my number four is Tom Brady. Uh, but not current Tom Brady. I want to make clear that it is Tom Brady, the QB of the New England Patriots. Um, <laughs> and my reasoning is, let's face it, the only people who wouldn't put him on this list are Pats fans and people who don't watch football. If you watched football and you were not a Patriots fan, you wanted to fight Tom Brady at some oh, absolutely. point in your life. Um, so this was more of a, like, I picked this for the people. This is the people's pick because... If you smell. Yes, sir. And I, I just want to make this really quick, real clear. Or really, I want to make, to, I want to make this really clear, really quick. Um, there you go. We can pick anybody active or retired or even dead. You know, this is just yes. athletes that have, we, we have gripes against and that we want to fight them. And if we ever see them in person, it's on site. Okay. On site. So I want to make it clear that, you know, that I, I can pick Scotty Pippen. He can pick. Tom Brady from the Pats. You know, we can pick current athletes, um, so on. Um, are, are you done? I am, yes. Okay. My number four, uh, Jose Altuve. Uh, uh, as a Yankees fan, one, he's a giant ass. Number two, he's a cheating ass. And number three, uh, he doesn't deserve half the awards he gets. Um, you know, a couple years ago, the cheating scandal comes out. He doesn't admit to anything. I never did anything wrong. Um, you know, there's a scandal that he allegedly even though it, it's all but true that he had allegedly. an electronic buzzer on his chest uh and he hits that ridiculous home run off of Aroldis chapman in the lcs um but as a yankees fan and a baseball fan he is a disgrace to the sport i can't stand him i i am so sick and tired of hearing oh altuve is you know one of the greatest and you know i'm, I'm glad he's doing well good for him if i ever see him in person you're gonna have to bail me out of jail because I'm Honestly. gonna fight him. It, it, he's. He, I probably should have put him at number one. Listen, one. I didn't really put it like my order wasn't necessarily. Yeah, true. Yeah, but so. um, it depends on the day too. Oh, absolutely. But I know for a fact that if I could get my hands on Altuve, you know, it, it wouldn't be a a, a fight. Like it, it wouldn't be like a, a Logan Paul or a Jake Paul boxing <laughs> match, like where it's all scripted and oh, you know, the the bad guy's supposed to win. No, like, I, I would just demolish Jose Altuve in, in, a, in a fair one-on-one fight. Just bang uh, his head into some trash. And I also want to go on record as saying these fights have to be sanctioned. Um, you know, I have to have a ref there. Um, yeah, no, there's no backyard brawls. There's yeah. no jumping people here. It's, no, uh, or or they at least have to sign a contract that, hey, you know, we're going to fight in this guy's backyard. Um, I don't, I don't yeah. need people saying I'm threatening anybody. I'm not doing that. I'm yeah. saying if, 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 you know. If I get the chance to fight these guys, it's on. Yeah, and it's um, not even an invitation either. It's just like if I, you know, if I went to the grocery store and Danica Patrick happened to be buying apples, like I'd have to kindly walk up to him and be like, "Excuse me, ma'am. Like, would you want to fight? If, do you want to sign this contract <laughs> real quick that'll allow me to fight you? Yeah, um, we're gonna sell it on pay per view for two cents because probably only five people are gonna watch it. Honestly, <laughs> All right, moving you, on. Five loyal people. Number three. Number three. Grayson Allen, guard, Duke. I don't know what he's doing nowadays, so I could care less. But why he was at Duke, I hated him. Um, obviously, I'm a big UNC fan, so there's that. Uh, but he could have went to any school in the entire country, maybe even the entire world. If I would have heard about him, I'd probably still want to or want to fight him. 
Um, <laughs> he's just, he's a big bitch, dude. Honestly, like, I don't know what else to say about him. Um, he looks like a bitch. He acts like a bitch. He'd be tripping people. He's just, he sucks. Like, oh, he's not a good person. I wasn't, I, I'm not in the Duke UNC or even an ACC rivalry, and I hated him so much. I was so yeah. tired of turning on Sports Center every week, and it was something about, He's tripping somebody. He's being a bull. It was just like Duke has always had those villains, and you know, those like JJ Redick was you know the big one that comes to mind. But yeah. like once he went to the NBA, I I couldn't care less about JJ Redick. You know he, he's had a great NBA career. Yeah. Um, but you know everybody, he was probably the most hated man in college basketball for years. I think it's I think it's the Duke small white boys. It it is. But then yeah. like like I said, you know they always had that rotation. Like it was Christian Leitner. And then you had a couple other guys, J.J. Redick, a couple other guys. And then here comes Grayson Allen. And I think without a shadow of a doubt, he is probably the most hated college basketball player of all time. Oh, or, probably. He's, he's this might have been a people's pick, too, honestly. Oh, I, I agree. Um, well, not Duke fans, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, moving on, uh, my number three, uh, Alex Rodriguez. Actually, Duke fans might hate him, too, but go ahead. They might. My <laughs> number three is Alex Rodriguez um, as a Yankees fan. Uh, I grew up, I actually had a lot of respect for Alex the first couple years he was there. Uh, then all the steroid stuff comes out and just the way he handled himself during that um, made me just despise him. And then, you know, he keeps going on and on. Now he's retired. He's on the Fox baseball broadcast and he acts like he's the biggest Yankees super fan. Like he's always arguing with Big Poppy on the broadcast. Like, oh, you know, the Yankees are better. He shot it. But Yankees it's like, no, stop. Yankees fans don't like you. Yankees fans don't want you representing us. We want nothing to do with you. Get the Yankees name out of your mouth and just disappear. Like <laughs> I would, I would pay money to never have to watch him talk about the Yankees again. And I, I am, I'm just so sick and tired of hearing him just talk and talk and talk and act like, you know, everybody in the Yankees fan club loves a rod. I can't think of 10 people in the world that love a rod other than himself and his nine other personalities. Yeah, um, that's fair. I I just absolutely can't stand the man. And again, it's on site. On site. See, I I'm realizing as we're going through this list that like, I feel like I was very reasonable with mine. And you're like, what's the biggest guy in every sport? Like, I feel like your number three is about to be Shaq. No. Okay. Listen, <laughs> I can without a shadow of a doubt. I believe in myself 100. percent And I think if I got into a fight with any of these guys, I'm 100 percent taken. All right. That's like, fair. Alex Rodriguez, I, I he was you know big and muster because he was on steroids. Obviously, if he's still doing steroids, yeah, he but he's might still be, a bitch. But he's doing steroids. Yeah, but yeah, you know, I I I don't I don't care. I want him, and you know yeah. what? I think I could beat him. Okay, that pause. Well, yeah, and pause, pause. I, I didn't mean it like that. What did he say? <laughs> but I one hundred percent think if I fought that man, I could beat him. Yeah, no, that's understandable. Like I I agree with you. I just like. They just sound like bigger people to me. Like I, I know I'm not withholding a shack attack by right. all means. The, the bigger like, they are, the, the harder they fall. And also, right. I, w if we did the list of the top five, you know, athletes that I would, you know, love to meet, I think Shaq is on that list. I would never want to fight Definitely. him. Definitely. No. what I feel like he he's such a good guy. My, oh, absolutely. But I feel like if we got into a fight, he would just grab my head and squish it like a freaking melon. And I don't want that. Okay. So anyway, moving yeah. on. Number two. Number two. We should do that list, by the way. All right. My number oh, two. Right yeah, for sure. Kyrie Irving. Uh, I mean, I, I like Braun. I watched the Lakers. Uh, so I'm not 
no, we're just going to make it his whole career, but especially lately in Brooklyn. Um, he's, he's ridiculous. Honestly, I don't know what other word to use. I didn't even write a word down. Like I literally left a blank here in my notes. You're getting paid millions of dollars to play a sport. Not just any sport, a sport that you love. Like you could have chose any sport in the world and you chose to play basketball. And now you're getting paid millions of dollars to do it. And you take more mental health days than you do games played. Like, I, don't bother looking it up because that's probably not accurate. But you get what I'm trying to say. Yeah. It, it seems like every time you turn around, uh, especially last season, um, which I understand there were diff some difficulties last season. So, like, I, I have a certain understanding. Or understanding. Um, but I can tell you what. Like, I understand you're going to have some difficulties. But... Listen, I, I don't care how bad of a day I'm having. I don't care, you know, if my girl just left me, I lost my job, my car got repoed, and my house burnt down. If you said, hey, here's $5 million, can you go play a game of basketball for me? Bro, I'll be crying on the court. I don't care. I don't care. Like, I, I personally, I love the sport of basketball. You know, you could say whatever sport for anybody. Most people would probably say, all right, you're going to give me a couple hundred thousand today if I play in this game. You're going to go play in that game. Like, it is what it is. Um, I'm sure he's not the only person in the entire league that's, you know, has bad mental health days. I know he ain't. You know, it, it just, it, it seems excessive to me. Um, and, and I do, I do want to point out, like, I do have a level of respect for Kyrie because regardless of whether I believe that it's right or wrong or excessive or not, like he he stands he's standing up for his mental health in in a way that he believes is right. So by all means, like you know, hats off. But if right. I see you, we're brawling. Like, I, like I, I I've never had an issue with that. Um, you know, I mean, obviously everybody handles their mental health in their own way. And even yeah, like and this year with with the vaccine stuff, I'm you know that's your own personal beliefs. I don't care. Um, to to an aspect, what I'm what I'm about to say here is is when I definitely <laughs> fell out of favor with him and that's with the whole flat earth thing when that when that stuff came out I oh was, yeah don't I get me started on that like i left that out out because i thought about that i was like man right. but but that was one of those things like like if we did a top five athletes that you would swing on site like Kyrie would be on there and it'd be flat earth that's the only words i'd put flat earth like that's it um right. and, and like i said like i don't want to talk down on mental health like i i have my struggles with mental health you have your struggles with your mental health we got people around us um you know that deal with Mental health. I'm perfectly fine. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> but so I, I don't want to take away from that. Um, but it just it, it seems excessive. I, I yeah, I, I can understand that to a point. Um, and I think that's why I want to fight him. Like, <laughs> I, I almost want some answers, I guess. I don't know. Like, I'm gonna be swinging on him and be like, just, just give so, me some money. Like, I so mean, like you actually sad or like you just don't want to play today, you know? <laughs> like, I mean, like you said, like, I mean, you give me a couple hundred thousand, it, it'll, it'll cheer me up. I, I, I will be over the depression real quick. Yeah. Like, like just have, just have a conversation with me real quick. And then if, if I still want to swing, I'm going to swing. If not like a couple hundred thousand, that'll fix it. And, and I'll just go home. Yeah, I'll say I lost the fight to Kyrie Irving. I don't care. Right. Uh, but I, I just, yeah, I just, uh, I want answers. Uh, my number two uh, is Denny Hamlin over in NASCAR. Um, <laughs> now, I, <laughs> I need to be careful with this because um, I, I have the minute possibility that I may have to go work on his house one day. So, <laughs> <laughs> and if I show up and he's like, 
Now, granted, there's no way he hears this unless just the right people listen to it. So, um, but he's he just whines so much anymore, and like I I've never been a Denny Hamlin fan in racing. Um, I've always had much respect for his his ability, um, but it seems like more and more over the last few years he just whines and whines and whines and just cries nonstop that he's not getting his way, and I feel like the last few years it's just been kicked in the overdrive. And I don't know if it's because he's getting more desperate to try and win that championship that he just hasn't been able to capture or what. But he's it seems like once a year or at least every year, he just ticks off like somebody for absolutely no reason. A few years ago, he dumps Chase Elliott going into turn three at Martinsville. And it's like, oh, you know, it's just short track racing. And, and this is another he's such a hypocrite, too. <laughs> but so a couple years ago, he dumps Chase Elliott. Goes, oh, you know, we're just short track racing. I'm just trying to get a win, whatever. I didn't agree with him because I think he just flat out just drove through Chase Elliott. You know, a lot of people they just like tap the bumper, you know, try to get him to move up the track. He just drove straight through the man's car. Um, you know, this year we're in Martinsville. Alex Bowman, you know, taps him. You know, I don't think he drove through him as much as what Hamlin did to Elliott, but just taps him, spins him out. Okay, whatever. And Bowman comes out and goes, I'm. Listen, I understand I'm not going to win the championship this year, but I'm going to be trying my damnedest to win a race. And, you know, Hamlin gets out of the car and says he's a hack and all this just goes off on this tangent when, you know, he's like, listen, man, we're just short track racing two or three years before that. Yeah. I just I think he's a huge hypocrite. He just says a lot of really dumb stuff a lot of the time. And like I said, he just whines nonstop. And as somebody who watches NASCAR. And I'm. I fell out of it for a few years. I'm trying to get back into it. I'm trying to just throw myself into it like I did with IndyCar a few years ago. I I just I can't get past him. Like I would love this sport so much more. And I understand every every sport needs their heroes and needs their villains. For sure. But oh my god, is he like one of the worst villains there is? Like I thought Martin <laughs> Truex Jr. was bad, but I would take Martin Truex any day over this man. Like there's like days when he's just talking on his interviews. I'm like, bro, just shut up. Like he got interviewed later on after that race, still, it was like everybody's like, "Well, because you know Martinsville's in Virginia, Denny Hamlin's from Virginia." Everybody's like, "Well, how did it feel to get booed in your hometown, like your home track?" He's like, "Oh, that's all the Chase Elliott fans out there." Like Chase Elliott's like, "What? What did I do to you? Like what? What? <laughs> like how is? Why is this situation being thrown on me now? All of a sudden, it's just like, just just stop talking, bro. Just stop talking for five seconds, and just I won't hate you as much." Like I like Kyle Busch years ago used to be the most hated driver in NASCAR, and I was watching this TikTok the other, the other day, and this guy ranked the top five most hated drivers right now, and he had Hamlin at two and Bush at one, and I commented, I was like, I really feel like Kyle Busch isn't as hated anymore. Like he's he's kind of mellowed out a little bit. You know, he still yells nonstop on the radio, but <laughs> I think his personality, other than that, with his kid and and you're being married, he's mellowed out just a little bit. And I think fans kind of respect him a little bit more now, whereas Denny Hamlin's the complete opposite. Like he used to be respected a lot of years ago, and now everybody just hates him. And um, yeah, so he's number two on my list. Well, hopefully you don't have to work on anything in his house in the future. I'm gonna show up, and you know, like I said, I doubt he hears this. So I'm gonna show up and be like, "Wait, sir, aren't have you, you heard my podcast?" He's gonna be like, "Aren't you guys? Aren't you that guy on that random sports podcast that was just trash talking me?" I'm gonna be like, "No." No, 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 not, no, not me, not me, sir. No, no, definitely wasn't me, sir. I don't know what you're talking about. You're wearing number one. Number one. 
every professional soccer player ever, without a doubt. Um, <laughs> and I'm saying this with 100% confidence because I played soccer for seven years um, and I still watch soccer to this day. Uh, listen, I, I could miss a punch. They're going to go down and fake an injury. You know what I mean? Like, this is a guaranteed win. It doesn't, you could probably throw a third grader in there. They're going to win. It is what it is. Like, you know, they're soccer players. No, like no, I said, there, there, is one, there is one professional soccer player I can tell you right now. I don't okay. think anybody could beat, and that Go is ahead. Latin Ibrahimovic, because that man is from East Europe, and he's a menace to society, and I want nothing to do with that man. Other than that, I, oh, I feel you know, like I was going to look but, him up, but I don't know how to, I don't know how to spell. But yeah, well, I mean, we'll, like, I, don't, I, I should say I don't want to fight Messi either. Like, I like Messi. I'd fight Ronaldo all day. Um, I mean, I, 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 even I if he wasn't a soccer them, player. But if I had to choose, I think I'd fight Messi first. Well, yeah, Messi's the smaller one, but that's not what it's Just because Ronaldo's got some abs don't mean that I don't want to fight him. Like, I, I can't. First of all, this shouldn't make me hate him because it's not his fault, but that, that Hall of Fame bust that they did, you know which one I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> yes. That shit pisses me off, and he's not even the one that did it. But yeah. that's just, I don't know. It makes me want to fight him, but... Like I said, it's not about him. It's about all the soccer. Well, we'll say the majority of the soccer players. Um, see, I would want to get punched in the face by Ronaldo for one reason, and just to see if that has like the squillium or the the Squidward effect on me, where I get punched in the face and I just become like super handsome and good looking. Um, oh, you know, when, when yeah, he gets okay, that door slammed on him, and then he just keeps smacking that door in his face, and he just gets like more and more handsome. That's the only reason I would want Ronaldo to punch me in the face. Other than that, like whatever that guy wants, I will. I'll be his butler for a day. I don't care. Um, <laughs> anyway, my number one. I, so I have a tie at number one, um, and that tie is between Kyle Kuzma and Ben Simmons. Oh, okay. Does this have to do with Vandal or no? I, okay. I will. I would never put money on these two jerkwads because um, I could, I could put both both of those on this list strictly for Vandal. Yeah, yeah. I would never put money <laughs> on those two. Uh, Jack wagons ever. Um, no, my reason for wanting to fight them is because how you know going back to you, you talking about Kyrie. Like, how are you getting paid millions of dollars to do this? You know, this child's game, basically. Like, granted, you're a professional athlete at it, but it's it's a kid's game, just like NFL players doing football, or you know, baseball players doing. You know, yeah, they're MLB they're playing a game, baseball. and yeah. we lose we lose track of that sometimes. Like exactly, we but, view these like, people as superheroes, but they're they're playing a game. They're just good at it. Exactly. They're really good at it. <laughs> but and it's not even the fact that you know Ben Simmons struggles a lot, or that Cal. It's just the way they carry themselves about it. Like you could be like, okay, listen, I really need to get in the gym. I need to improve myself. I understand that you know I'm not delivering my best self for my team. They don't. I have, I really feel like these two just don't care. Like they I always agree. expect everything to be handed to them. Like. Ben Simmons and his holdout in Philly, and it's like, bro, like, they just want you to put effort in. Like, yeah. Just go to, They're both like, talented. He, he's like, going to the gym trying to hit a three-point. Like, I don't care about you shooting a three-pointer. I really don't. How, no, how do you, you miss almost every foul shot away. you take last year? Yeah, or a foul shot. Exactly. It's like, oh, my God. Like, just work on the basic fundamentals. Yeah. But you're in the, like, you're in the NBA. You shouldn't be this bad. Like I, I I know I. That's couldn't. what I don't get. Like yeah, like I know I couldn't, but I re- like sometimes watching these like those two, I really feel like okay, you pay me a hundred dollars and I can go out there and I can be a better basketball player than that. Like I, I just yeah, don't and understand. and they put together good games sometimes. They like, do. But they both like, put their talent on display, but, but if they cared, they'd always put it on display. Yeah, I agree. Um, another reason I want to fight Ben Simmons is he spent his first check on a hairless cat. Um, stupid. Listen. 
bro, I, th- I think you got some bigger purchases than that. Um, and Kyle Kuzma just looks stupid. I, I, I like, mean, there, well, there's no other way to say that's it. Fair. He, no, like, that's he just fair. Ha- I think he honestly has probably one of the most punchable faces in all sports. Um, his face is punchable. I will agree. But I, I mean, it's, oh my god, when he dyed his hair blonde, I, I was, I was done. I was over it. I was like, nope. Yeah, I, I agree. From that moment um, forward, I like I didn't even know I was going to do this list in the future, but at that exact moment, I was like, nope, I'm I'm fighting that man on site no matter what. I don't care. Yeah, and you have to. Uh, uh, so I'd like to go. Uh, did you also make an extra pick? I did not. Those those are mine. I they they tied for first. That's where I'm going to leave it. But you you go ahead. You, you tell me who else you want to fight. Yeah. So I I made this pick. This is another. It's kind of a people's pick, but it's. It's, it's more of a me and you pick. Uh, Rex Grossman, um, you are a Chicago fan. I don't need to explain any of that. Um, I am a Washington fan. Uh, he wasn't with us quite as long. Um, when he was with us, I believe he was in more consistently um, than he was with you. I know he dealt with injury issues with y'all. I don't know the full extent of it. Um, but regardless, uh, first of all, his name. It, Sexy Rex. I apologize. I, well, okay, sexy Rexy, like that's not bad, but Rex Grossman. I mean, I apologize to his mom right now if she ever hears this. Um, what were you thinking? Like, I, I I understand that you can't do a lot with the last name, and and I'm not gonna talk much on the last name. Um, you know, last name is a thing of respect for a lot of people. Um, but you have the last name Grossman, and you went with Rex. Uh, so I apologize for whatever you were going through at that time. Um, and I apologize if you're listening to this. And with that being said. I would like to make one honorable mention. Uh, shout out to my boy, Mike Lee. He said, Drew Brees with long hair. I don't know why, but it pisses me off. And I respect that. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> and just back to the Rex Grossman thing, you know, yeah, he, he sucked in Washington for you, uh, but at least he didn't, you know, just completely crap the bed in the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, no. that's. Fair. But hey, you know, we, I have to live with that night forever. Um, but that's on me. So we'll open this up to you guys. Our listeners, uh, go to Twitter at Jack Wagon Sports um, and let us know who, what athletes you want to fight uh, and why. Um, and we're going to read the best answers on Thursday's show. Uh, we're going to try and get our Instagram here up and running too. Um, we'll make this as a little story. You guys respond. And like I said, best responses will be read out on Thursday. Um, other than that, that wraps up our show. We'll be back Thursday with a little NBA week in review uh, and our football week preview. Um, other than that, thank you guys for listening. Uh, I, th- I feel like this has probably been one of our best shows. Um, we opened up for a sure. couple of new concepts we, we want to try out, and I think it flowed the best that, w- that we've had yet. Um, so we really appreciate you guys you know, sticking with us so far and, and, and letting us work these things out. Um, yeah, and don't be afraid for the feedback because we don't always – like, we listen um, – but with, with us being the ones doing it, we don't hear it the same way you guys do. So, you know, sure. use the Twitter when the Instagram gets up and running. Use that. Uh, please let us know, you know, are we quiet? Are we loud? Um, do we sound choppy? Anything like that. That way we can better our show for you guys. For sure. Um, but anyway, like we said, we'll be back in a couple of days with the NBA review, uh, NFL preview, uh, college football preview, another big weekend ahead in that. Um, yes, but we will see you guys in a couple of days. Thank you guys for listening. Peace out. Peace out. Who's got internet that's never lagging? Whose groceries do their own bagging? Who's got hair worth extra bragging? With pants that aren't too sagging? 
may only put up with a little nagging. Who's hotter than a fire-breathing dragon? Jack Wagon. <laughs>